The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Do you ever find yourself in the condition described by Paul in Romans 7, that when I would do good, evil is present with me? I don't know about you, but I sure do, all the time. In this sermon, Elder Buddy Abernathy takes us deep into the understanding that our carnal man, which is still present within us even though we're born again, is in constant warfare against the spiritual nature. Join us as we explore this fundamental theological principle and find comfort in the ultimate truth of the gospel message that Christ hath redeemed us from our sin. First, we have a song selection, and then please stay tuned for the message.
Romans chapter 7, and beginning with verse 21. Paul says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now notice that first verse we read, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Does anybody here tonight feel that way? Now the word law there is not referring to the law of God or the Ten Commandments. It's referring more to a principle that you can rely on, like the law of gravity. You drop a ball, you know it's going to fall to the ground. Paul says this is the same way with me. This is as certain with me as the law of gravity. I find then a law. Then I, when I would do good, evil is present with me. You know, I see that in myself, and I don't know how it is with you. Maybe you don't struggle as much as I do. But this, even this morning, I had an experience of, of feeling such a sense of anger and then, if, not because anything went wrong or any marriage problems, just my own personal struggles. Tina wasn't even around, I want to make that clear. <laughs> just feeling such a sense of anger and frustration. And then a few minutes later, looking forward to preaching. But that's what Paul's talking about here. And this is true with all of God's children. He says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. We'll never escape this while we live here in this world. But the good news is this is absolute evidence that you're a child of God. There are people in this world that don't have this kind of struggle. And the reason they don't is because they only have one nature, which Paul will refer to in the next chapter, or matter of fact, I believe in the latter verses of this chapter, as the carnal nature. Now the Bible uses several different words or phrases to refer both to the spiritual nature and the sin nature. And we'll see that Paul employs that here. But then he says in verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now I want you to notice these different words as we go through here. Now he talks about the inward man. Now, based on the context and what you'll read about it, he's referring to the new man. Now, 
I guess the most common way to think about these two natures that all of us as children of God have is to think about them as the flesh and the spirit. The spirit is that new creature which Paul described in 2 Corinthians 5.17 by saying if any man be in Christ he is a new creature. If you're born again you're a new creature. But then the flesh is not referring to your physical body or your skin. It's referring to that old sin nature that you have as a result of our fall in Adam and our inheriting that nature. The reason you're selfish is because you have that nature which Paul refers to as the flesh. And I believe it's in Galatians where he says the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these two are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now while it is very frustrating every day to live with those two natures just remember again that's absolute evidence that you're a child of God. Isn't it ironic that not only is that the case, but if sin bothers you, that means you're a child of God. No matter how much you sin, you feel condemned over that sin, that's evidence you're a child of God. And as I said this morning, that doesn't mean you need to sin as much as you can to receive evidence that you're a child of God. But my point is that when you're at your worst, when you feel like you're not doing anything right, the very fact that your conscience condemns you is evidence that you're of the Lord. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now go back to Romans chapter 7. It says in verse 22, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. There is an inward man that is in agreement with the law of God. That's what he's saying there when he says, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. There's part of me that loves the law of God. And it's in accordance with... It's in harmony with, it coincides with what he refers to here as the inward man, which is simply the new nature or the spiritual man. But I see another law in my members. Now, the word members here literally refers to our body parts. But what Paul is saying is, I recognize that there is something about me as a whole person. I recognize that though I have a sincere motivation to serve the Lord, there's also something at work in my members. There's also a law there, again, just like the law of gravity an operational principle that's always true. I see that at work in my members warring against 
against the law of my mind. Anybody feel like that? That there's something warring against the law of your mind. Now the things that war against the law of your mind, being the influence of the things of God in your mind, the thing that wars against that is the world, and the things in the world can be categorized three ways, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. To use modern terminology, that refers to sensualism, materialism, and humanism. That covers the field, doesn't it? You look at all the struggles you have, all the sinful temptations you have, they generally fall in those three categories. The lust of the flesh, the carnal appetite, sensualism, the lust of the eyes, which is desire for things and money, and then the pride of life, that part of you that wants to be noticed and recognized and feel important and have others look up to you. Paul says, I see this at work in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity. Listen now, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. It doesn't sound like to me that Paul felt like he was persevering in godliness. It seems to me that Paul felt more like I do. He didn't feel like that he had arrived in terms of really succeeding in the Christian walk. Now remember, this was a man that was an apostle. This was a man whom God inspired to write over half of the New Testament. But yet this man is describing this conflict throughout this chapter. For example, in verse 15, he says, For that which I do, I allow not. I'm doing things that I don't allow. I'm doing things I don't approve of. For what I would, that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. You ever do what you hate? <laughs> the Apostle Paul identifies with you. He goes on to say in verse 24, O wretched man that I am. And notice there's an exclamation point. He's frustrated. He doesn't say, O wretched man that I was. Now he certainly was a wretch, wasn't he? In every sense of the word, if you read about his history before the Lord struck him down on the road to Damascus, the Bible says that he was uh, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. But now he's been an apostle. He's a preacher. He's an evangelist. He has special authority from the Lord in terms of his ministry. He's being inspired of God. And isn't it interesting that while he's 
inspired and writing the Word of God, he under inspiration of the Holy Spirit while he's writing is saying, O wretched man that I am. You know, that, that's why I can say that my experience does not overwhelm me because I realize that I'm just going through what Paul went through. Amen. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I believe it's that hymn that begins with time, what an empty vapor tis, says the moment when our lives began, we all begin to die. That's true. Now I realize that a baby is going to grow and mature, but I don't know what age you would say, but probably in their... 20s, you max out in your potential. You know, you don't see. Last time I checked, there's no professional football lineman over 30 years old. There's a few quarterbacks that'll make it into their 40s, but that's because they protect them. But you don't see men uh, in their 30s, maybe a few exceptions, that are actively involved in professional football. And it's because their body has already reached its potential and it's already becoming weaker. Now that's not exciting news, is it? But notice what Paul says. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now notice he doesn't say here this dying body, although that's true, you're in a dying body, but he says, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I believe he's saying there, I recognize that there's an old sin nature in me. That, that part of me that was dead in trespasses and sins is still part of who I am as a whole person, although I have a new nature, a good nature that is of, Lord, of the Lord. He says, who's going to deliver me from this warfare that's going on in my members that will ultimately lead to my death? Here's the answer. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who's going to deliver me? God. How's He going to do it? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, there are many times where Paul uses all three of those words which refer to Jesus. Many times he doesn't. I believe it's for emphasis here that Jesus, who is the Christ and is our Lord, is the one through whom God is going to deliver us. As wretched as we are, though we feel like we're going backwards instead of forward, Though you feel like you're getting worse instead of better, Paul says, thank God. 
I'm going to be delivered. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God. So with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Notice this knowledge didn't change a thing about the, the battle. <laughs> and, but isn't that the way we're all thinking tonight? <laughs> that I've, I've got, as Paul describes here, there's part of me that sir, my mind, my new mind serves the law of God, but this old flesh, carnal nature serves the law of sin. Again, meaning there is an operating principle. There, there, is a, there is something you can depend on to work like the law of gravity. He says, I can depend on this that my flesh, my old nature, serves sin. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean sin should reign in your mortal body. Paul Teaches against that in the sixth chapter, but it just means it's going to be this way until you die. You're going to struggle with this as long as you're here in this world. Again, that doesn't justify sinful behavior, but you'll never reach a point where you say, I'm no longer bothered with my flesh. I tell you, and whenever someone says I'm living above sin, to me that's about as much in the dark as you can possibly get. <laughs> You're going to have that struggle until you die. Now what I really wanted to emphasize tonight is as we go on into chapter 8. Because of the fact that we're going to be delivered by God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We're going to be delivered because God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Because we're going to be delivered by Christ, He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Now Paul said in writing to Timothy, a young preacher, that one of the keys to studying and rightly interpreting the Word of God is to rightly or correctly divide the Word of Truth. Now this verse here in context especially based on what Paul has already said about his experience and how he feels and what he struggles with, he's not now saying that the way you can know that you're not condemned is to walk in the Spirit. That's not what he's saying. I don't know about you, but I just feel more condemned. If I had to say, well, the way I know I'm not condemned, the way I know I'm a child of God is I'm obediently walking in the Spirit. You may say, well, brother, buddy, that seems like that's what it says. Well, let's look at the whole context. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit 
of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. You remember the Lord said to Adam, In the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The Lord said, You sin, you die. Adam sinned, he died. That's what he's talking about here. There's that law of sin and death, and that law was proven true in Adam's disobedience. But he said, here's another law, the law of the Spirit of life. And notice that's a capital S referring to the Spirit of God. And there's a, there's a reliable principle about the Spirit that it gives you life in Christ. It makes you a new creature. It quickens you. It, it, uh, it, as Ephesians 2, 1 says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. There is a sense in which you walk after the Spirit by virtue of the fact that you are a child of God born again in possession of the Spirit of life. We're not dealing here with discipleship. We're dealing here with the dynamics of being born again. You have two natures. But you remember there in Philippians 2.12 where it says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It goes on to say, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Now look at your own experience is God not working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure that does not say that God works in you the doing listen carefully God works in you both to will and to do God provides the motivation that's what's under consideration. And when Paul here is saying there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit, he's speaking not of discipleship, not of perseverance in righteousness, but he's speaking of the motivation, that, that driving principle, that dynamic about your new nature that is working in you, that gives you a sense of guilt over sins, and a sense of approval for godliness. That's what he's talking about in this context when he's speaking of walking after the Spirit. And that's what you have as a result of the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now let's read and see further evidence of this. Go down to verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com.
Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.